As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. You're listening to Here's the Catch with David Lombardi, Matt Barrows, and Dennis Brown on the Athletic Podcast Network. Well, it's a very interesting week for the 49ers because we don't know for sure who the starting quarterback against the Arizona Cardinals will be. And this is a huge game coming up against Arizona. The 49ers are 2-2, two and two, but they're only two games out of that. No, I wanted to say NL West. I'm in baseball mode right now. <laughs> they're two games out of that NFC West lead, and the leader – the Cardinals, they're on the schedule. So the 49ers have a chance to take a bite out of that lead, enter the bye week only a game behind. And Arizona, by the way, is the final unbeaten team in the entire National Football League. So the question is, will Jimmy Garoppolo start? And he will be hurting if he does start. That's what he told us on Wednesday, that that calf is still going to be bothering him on Sunday. Or will Trey Lance make his first career NFL start against Kyler Murray, who's been playing really well for the Cardinals. Uh, Matt, what, what what does that decision amount to for the 49ers? Well, you and I were talking about this on Wednesday. It uh, basically comes down to do you start an unready uh, Lance uh, or an unhealthy uh, Jimmy Garoppolo? And um, they did that a couple of times last year, the, the second of those two choices. Um, Garoppolo was not fully healthy for that Dolphins game in Week 5. Remember, he... Uh, suffered the, the high ankle sprain in week two. So three weeks later, the Dolphins come to town. He's not healthy. Uh, they get bombarded in that game, and he's taken out of the game at halftime. Uh, two weeks after that, he plays against the Seattle Seahawks, still not fully healthy, and he gets an even worse high ankle sprain. So he's out for the rest of the year. This is not a high ankle sprain. I mean, we should, we should say that right off the bat, and uh, we don't know how he's moving around, but... Um, you know, based on what he was saying after the game, it, it certainly affected his throwing. And um, so the question, Dennis, becomes whether you put, uh, you know, maybe a Garoppolo at 80, 85 percent in there or a Trey Lance. And, and it's clear from Kyle Shanahan that um, he's wanted to wait as long as possible before giving Lance his first start. He might not have that option on Sunday. And they're in a, a really kind of a interest, interesting uh, predicament where you, you have a bye week coming up and you can rest some of these guys and hope they come back. 
But also you're in a must-win situation because if you go out there on Sunday and you lose this football game, now you've lost two divisional games, you're already in last place, and then you're two games out, and then you have have the bye week coming on. So I would like to see a a week that's just kind of dedicated to a Trey Lance um, game plan uh, and, and kind of cater to his skills and his skill set. And let Kyle Shanahan, I think we all understand that Kyle is a fantastic game planner. Uh, you know, the, the way he uses his run game, his passing game, his, you know, his, his, his receivers. But it, it'd be great to see him just have a whole week with just say, hey, this is going to be Trey Lance. And I think, you know, on Sunday we saw Trey Lance trying to play a Jimmy Garoppolo uh, game plan. It'd be it'd be cool to see if it, what 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 you can do with Trey Lance and and his skill set, and let uh, Kyle, Kyle Shanahan kind of create something and you know some you know some of those RPOs and you know those those um, you know option reads with 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 Trey uh, Sermon and and just see kind of what you can do and and use his skill set to your advantage. But you know this is I mean it's kind of. Tough for me to say week five, but this is kind of a must win for the 49ers and they have to come to kind of go out and play consistent football in all three phases, which we haven't seen this entire season. It's absolutely a pivotal game early in the season. If the 49ers are able to scratch and claw their way to a victory, they'll be three and two in a game back entering the bye week with a very winnable game at Indianapolis coming out of that bye week. And you have to feel really, really good if you're the 49ers in that situation because you'd still have 12 games left, including another one against the Cardinals, to make up ground. But as Dennis just said, if you lose, you're two and three. You're three games back of the Cardinals, and even with 12 to play, that's tough. So this is a big one. That's why I think everything is currently on the table option-wise for the 49ers. If Jimmy Garoppolo is healthy and ready to deliver at near 100%, and if Kyle Shanahan can gauge that through practice, I do think you see Jimmy Garoppolo. However, that's a huge if, and that if might be unlikely at this point. So I agree. Since you know, If that's the path that it goes down, if, if we see that Trey Lance, even in his inexperienced raw state, is the better option than an injured Jimmy Garoppolo in this game, I'm really excited to see what that game plan looks like. And... As I've been thinking about it, Matt, I think that we need to continue applying the lessons that we observed and learned during training camp and the preseason and during the second half of the game at Seattle about Trey Lance. And it's that his long game, when he actually uncorks throws downfield, is way further along right now than his short game, where I think the release is still taking too long. The accuracy on the short game is, is just not there. I mean, we saw this during training camp, during the move-the-ball periods where Trey Lance really struggled. But where he really wowed us was when he when he heaved some downfield. And that obviously hasn't been a big part of the 49ers' offense. But I just think that in a counterintuitive fashion, you know, Kyle Shanahan tried to scheme up some short ones for Trey Lance to get him into the groove against the Seahawks, and that didn't really work because he just missed that pass to Kittle and he didn't get into a groove. I think maybe with the Cardinals coming up close to the line of scrimmage, ready for the 49ers RPO game, ready for their uh, read option game, I think sending Ayuk or somebody like that over the top and just letting Trey Lance 
really uncork one could be the way to get him comfortable in this game with a lot of upside and and not a lot of downside what do you what, what do you think about you know maybe a little bit more of a revolutionary idea early in the outing on Sunday yeah for sure I mean um, I you know I, I think that uh, Kyle Shanahan's big hesitation his big caution is that he's throwing Lance uh, you know in and he has to sort of do a uh, you know a uh, uh, quasi version of his offense, and he doesn't want that to happen over the long term. But I think, you know, but what what you and Dennis are, are both saying the same thing. Um, you know, this is a one game deal before the buy. So after the buy, Jimmy Garoppolo comes back. But in this one game, you can sort of um, take the Cardinals by surprise. I don't know if uh, that would be sustainable throughout the course of a season. Um, but you know, it's sort of like what uh, what Colin Kaepernick did to the Bears in his first ever start. Everybody, Steve Young, before the game was saying, "Oh, just keep the ball on the ground, just run him, don't do anything dramatic, uh, stick to his strengths." Well, the 49ers didn't. Um, the the Bears did creep up to try to snuff out the running game because they suspected that Kaepernick would run all day too. And he threw the ball over the top, and he threw some beautiful balls to, uh, I, I think it was Kyle Williams who, who caught uh, the most memorable one. Um, the point being that uh, you could sort of uh, catch a team, a defense, by its expectations in this one, and I think you're right. Uh, I think it's totally plausible to um, you know, sneak away with a win in this one, even though the Cardinals would be favored and should be favored uh, against a rookie. Cardinals in their home place, in a dome, undefeated, going to be loud in there uh but um you know uh, a one-timer with the understanding that once he's healthy jimmy garoppolo comes back i'm sure Kyle Shanahan will be eager to say that a thousand times uh but uh i agree with both of you um you know this is a must-win game you can sort of capitalize on the novelty of having trey lance in there and like i said sneak away with a win you know i, I think about colin kaepernick and, and the way he hit the scene and the way he played and everyone was just kind of waiting for that run game. And then you kind of saw, you know, like you said, he took the top off Chicago's defense. And I and, and Lance has that ability to do it. This is a little different defense. I mean, they've got some good players on the defensive side. First of all, you got you got the names. You got J.J. Watt on one side and you got Chandler Jones on the other side. So he's got to have a lot of help. Yeah. From his offensive line. I mean, if, if that's going to happen. And then you got Baker and you got Isaiah Simmons, uh, you know, linebacker and strong safety. So, you know, they, they, they're going to try to disguise a lot of coverages if it's a Trey Lance. They're going to try to confuse them a little bit. But they've got, you know, we talk about this high powered offense. They've got a pretty decent defense uh, and, and they're playing pretty well. It's only because they, you know, they get they get put so many points on the board board so fast that they most teams are playing catch up, so they're trying to throw the football. Uh, they can be exposed, you know, in the run game. You know, you you can run against this team, but you you can't fight you can't fall into a hole, and that's what the 49ers kind of have to watch out for, because this offense can put some points up real fast. And what you don't want to happen is a rookie quarterback on the road in a dome on the turf. Uh, trying to play catch-up football. So it's going to be so important that this 49ers team on the offense side starts fast and defense has to start fast. And you got to play consistently. I don't think this team, you know, we saw, we see we see a pass rush for one quarter and then it kind of disappears. I think it's going to be important that you play consistently on offense 
and defense. And I think the 49ers are probably one of the worst teams in the league as far as first and second quarters. Uh, and the defense has probably been probably the strongest. But you got to play consistent and also on special teams. So they've got a big task. I mean, it's it's I mean, it's the NFL. I mean, you can go in there and do it, but you you have to play sound football. And you got to do the simple. I mean, you got to win on turnovers. I mean, the 49ers just can't can't. They seem to turn over the football. They can they can't get teams. I mean, they can, you can't get picks. I mean, the the defense just cannot get turnovers. So you got to you got to win the turnover game and also the penalty game. So. There's a lot that has to be done, uh, but it's possible because it's the NFL. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Mono a mono, the roster is just as strong or stronger than Arizona still. Nothing has changed since since week one. I mean, the 49ers still have, I mean, yes, guys have gotten hurt, but they still have a very, very strong roster that they're going to field against the Cardinals in this game. And uh, you know, the the spread is less than a touchdown. It's not like even with the 49ers quarterback uncertainty, Vegas expects them to get blown out of the water. And Kyle Juszczyk said it best a couple of weeks ago. This is a league where there are violent swings and small stuff can cause, you know, matters to swing very quickly in another direction. Cardinals were part of all that last week. Uh, the Rams the week prior had made the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the defending Super Bowl champs, look really bad. Well, then the Cardinals show up at SoFi Stadium, and they look make the Rams look really bad. So now the 49ers can show up in Arizona and look to make the Cardinals look really bad, and that would be really on brand, not only for the NFL, but also for this NFC West, which is a division filled with four very talented football teams. You look up and down... Uh, the Cardinals roster and you notice that they've gotten stronger defensively every single season now under Cliff Kingsbury which is funny to say because when he was first hired we said well if he can figure it out defensively these guys are going to be good and that's exactly what's happened you know they were number 19 a couple years ago then they move up to number 10 defensively in DVOA in 2020 and now with those names that Dennis talked about Chandler Jones JJ Watt uh, you know, you, you go to Isaiah Simmons in the linebacking core, Buda Baker, the terror that he is all over the secondary. Cardinals are number six earlier in this season defensively, and the offense has picked it up too. It was an up-and-down season for Kyler Murray last year. Throughout four games here in 2021, the uh, Cardinals are ranked number six offensively as well. So you have number six in both categories uh, as far as advanced efficiency goes, n- up from number 19 offensively last year. And that number 19, the 49ers got to see it in the second meeting where C.J. Beathard was better than Kyler Murray, right? So uh, he's been known to be inconsistent, Kyler has, but so far this year he's been consistently good. And the 49ers defense has to be ready for that. Speaking of consistency, Matt, this 49ers team, it seems that every week we're talking about a different issue. In weeks two and three, it was the slow starts. In week four, it was, well, they fell off a cliff after a slow start, especially offensively. Uh, That can't keep on going on for too long because that's the sign of a bad team, right? Whenever you have to fix something new every week. So the 49ers need to put together a full 60-minute game for the first time. That's what it's going to take to beat the Cardinals, and that's what it's going to take to convince me that they're not a bad team. 
Because right now, at two and two, the jury's still out. Yeah, and they, they were let down by their special teams as well. And, and the special teams had been good, really good, uh, through through three games. And then in the fourth game, they were just really, really bad. Um, and, and part of that was due to, to Robbie Gold's injury, and they'll have a new kicker in this game as well. Um, but, you know, putting together, you know, three facets of a game, four quarters, they, they did that last year in Arizona. And, and you're right to point out that it was C.J. Beathard in that game. So... Uh, wasn't the 49ers starting quarterback? They had no business winning that game. Uh, remember, they were you know on their uh, you know month and a half long banishment at that point. So um, and they they found a way to win it. And uh, you know Murray had a you know just a sort of a, a middling game. Um, I, I think he had like 250 yards passing. Um, the, the 49ers sacked him three times. They they intercepted him once. Uh, and and the, the big point was that they only allowed 12 points. You know, the 49ers only got 20. But uh, if your defense can hold the team to 12 points, they're, they're going, going to win that game. So um, you know, we talked about this after this, the Seahawks game. That, that defense was starting to come on, especially early on in that game. And the offense didn't help them out very much, and neither, neither did the special teams. But that's the kind of performance that uh, they need to win this one. Um, and I thought that there were some things to build on. Um, uh, we can say that uh, in Wednesday's practice, Josh Norman was back on the field. He was in a, a blue uh, no-contact jersey. That he can't uh, take any shots to the chest, uh, given what happened to him against uh, Green Bay. But uh, you know, slowly but surely, that, that uh, defensive backfield uh, is starting to get a little bit of depth. And they're going to need it, Dennis, against this team uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Kirk. They've got a, uh, a rookie named Rondale Moore, uh, who's good on special teams. He's one of these jitterbug guys. The Cardinals seem to uh, collect those types of, of players, uh, guys that are sort of in the um, Kyler Murray m- mold. Under six feet, fast, quick, uh, can score from anywhere on the field. So uh, all of these DBs have to be alert at all times. It's got to be sticky coverage. It's got to be disciplined pass rush, disciplined in your pass lanes. And, you know, you didn't mention A.J. Green. I mean, we I think a lot of folks thought his career was over. And you look at him now, he's making big plays for the Cardinals. So they've got a lot of weapons. And they have a lot of guys, uh, you know, Christian Kurt, I mean, he's a guy that can, can take the top off of defense. But it's all going to start up front. I mean, we saw, you know, five consecutive three and outs last week uh, from, the, from, from the goal rush and just the penetration, the linebackers and, uh, and that, in that front four. And then in the second half, we saw nothing. And then we saw Russell Wilson, you know, with the help of, you know, some bad special team plays. But Russell Wilson kind of take over the football game. Uh, can't happen this week. Uh, you have to have those, those um, you know, you have to be disciplined in your pass rush. I mean, Kyler Murray's a guy that if he sees a gap and he starts running, it feels like to me when I watch him play, no one knows he's running until he's 20 yards down the football field. And he's so darn quick. I mean, the kid is quick. And then and then he, and then they do a tempo. I mean, they run tempo. I think the 49ers have a hard time with tempo because you can't get the right calls there. And the, and the, the Cardinals do a lot of up-tempo uh, offense. And he gets under the center. Uh, where he never gets underneath the center, but he, you know, he gets the ball going, and they run up tempo, and then with his speed, defenses stay on their on their heels. So it's going to be, you know, that secondary is going to have to play well, uh, much better than they did last week, even much better. Than they've done the the whole 
uh, season so far because they've got some real weapons on the outside of this offense. And you got a quarterback that is a true dual threat quarterback because even if you got sticky coverage, if you if you don't have disciplined pass rush lanes, he's down the field for 20 yards. Well, it's like a cascading effect thing, right? If the Cardinals get going offensively with that tempo, then uh, obviously, as Dennis said, that defensive line's going to get tired. They're going to be on their heels. The 49ers secondary will be overexposed. But as a defense, if you can force early incompletions, if you could dig in and if that pass rush hits early in the game, if the, the secondary makes plays early in the game, well, then the Cardinals have a lot harder time establishing that tempo. And then, you know, their weaknesses start to work against them. Obviously, Kyler Murley is not the t- tallest quarterback. So with a disciplined pass rush, with a, you know, pocket that kind of collapses on him, the 49ers can do what they did to him, you know, last week 16. And that's forced him into a lot of incompletions, force him out of that rhythm where the defense is tired. So whoever wins those critical early battles is going to have a chance to play this game downhill. And I think that's really important because the Cardinals are running the air raid the way that it's supposed to be run right now. They have four wide receivers who all have between 15 and 17 catches on the season. So you have DeAndre Hopkins, 17 for 225. Rondale Moore, 16 for 211. Christian Kirk, 16 for 244. A.J. Green, 15 for 248. And Max Williams is a tight end, uh, 15 for 179. But as you know, in the air raid, that tight end is essentially a wide receiver. So you could see that's perfectly balanced with Chase Edmonds catching a lot of passes out of the backfield, 20 for 140. Uh, that's hard to defend, and, and it's being really well executed right now. It's making defenses and their heads spin, and uh, the 49ers have to really kill that tree at the root, Matt. They they can't kill it at one of the branches because the air raid is so interchangeable. You really have to get it at the root, and that is exactly what Dennis said. You have to win at the line of scrimmage. I'm opposed to killing trees or, or any living <laughs> objects like that. <laughs> well, um, this is not the Stanford Cardinal, which is a tree. It's <laughs> right, the Arizona Cardinal, right, so right. you go oh, bird okay, hunting okay, this weekend. All right, all right, uh, thanks. Thanks that, for that's clarifying fine, right? that. <laughs> well, I mean, your point about balanced attack is, is well taken. I didn't realize uh, that they were they were like that and it, and it's a, a sharp contrast with the 49ers who have been all Debo Samuel really from uh, the, the passing game point of view um, you know, obviously Brandon Ayuk hasn't been himself I think it's it's quite obvious that that George Kittle is dealing with something and to his credit he's gutting it out there I don't think anybody's going to benefit from that that bye week quite like George Kittle will um, but, um, you know, that, that would, uh, that would be a big help in this game, no matter who the quarterback is, is that they get, uh, more action from some of these other receivers. And, uh, you know, we saw, uh, Trey Lance hit, uh, Trent Sherfield. He's a guy that he developed a lot of chemistry with, uh, during the, the off season, during training camp, because, uh, most of, uh, Lance's snaps would come with the second team offense and, and Sherfield and Muhammad Sanu. Were part of that. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, I, I'm really sort of looking forward. I hope that Lance does start this game just from a curiosity standpoint, because I think it would really highlight, uh, you know, Mike McDaniels, Kyle Shanahan's creativity. Uh, and uh, I wonder whether they could get some of those other guys, including Brandon Ayuk, who played nearby at uh, Arizona State, uh, into the game. And, and David's early point about being able to kind of gouge the Cardinals with deep, back-breaking chunk plays uh, in this game, uh, which I think is going to be required to win it, 
that, that seems to scream Ayuk, and maybe this will finally be the thing that sort of, you know, knocks him into a rhythm, because uh, so far he's just sort of been uh, a very sleepy season for him. Like I said, he's going to need a lot of help, and, you know, you guys can tell me more or tell me better, but, you know, Elijah Mitchell, uh, is he going to be able to go on Sunday? I think so. Uh, I think they're optimistic about it this week. He was still in a non-contact jersey, but I agree with you. He's huge for this game, and I, and I yeah. think it's it's trending in the right direction. I think he was out of the non-contact jersey on, on Wednesday, right, David? Was he? Well, that's, that's yeah, great it, then. That's great news. It that's was really good Norman news. In, the, in the blue jersey. I don't think okay. uh, Mitchell was wearing one. If you can get two, I think Trey Sherman, I mean, I think he's, he's really come along. I think last week was probably his best game. I think he's finally getting it where – you know, he's he, you can take you take what you can get. It's not it's not about dancing in this offense. It's about getting in the hole, shoulder pads down, uh, and trusting that offensive line that those holes are going to open. And if Elijah Mitchell's playing, I mean, if, if he can get back to where he was that second game of the football season, I mean, it, it helps out your quarterback so much. And if you can get Trey Lance outside the pocket on some of those naked boots, I think. I think George Kittle, I mean, we saw him kind of, he kind of throw that ball low this week to George Kittle last week, but I mean, use your tight end. I think, I think you're right. Some of these guys just need to stand, step up. I mean, the bottom line is this team just needs to, to, to step it up a little bit. I mean, you, you have at the beginning of the season, you were San Francisco 49ers was a team that was predicted, I would think to win this division. And now you're in last place. So, you know, you're underachieving right now. You've got the probably the best talented folks on your roster. You just got to get them together. You got to get them healthy, too. But, you know, I look at George Kittle. George Kittle must, I mean, his body must just feel, oh, I mean, the, some of the hits he's taken, you know, and that's that's kind of his game, you know, kind of absorbing hits. But, you know, he's a guy that's, it's about time that he breaks out. And, and, and this could be the game, you know, that you do it on. So if you got a running game, and we don't, you know, you guys let me know about uh, Trent Williams. If he's going to be able to play, that's going to be huge. Uh, but this team, like I said, you can you can expose this team in your run game a little bit because they play the pass really well because most teams are passing because this offense scores so fast. You can expose this team in your run game and you can use these running backs. And if Kyle Shannon has two healthy running backs uh, who's running the offense the way it needs to be ran, you can, you can do a lot of things against this Cardinal defense. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs very by zip code and package. High speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Yeah, Trent Williams didn't practice on Wednesday, but but there is optimism there. Uh, Thursday is going to be a big day to see the status. Absolutely right. I think you really need Trent Williams for this one. It's because he's such a versatile blocker, one of the best players in the NFL. But if you are going to be running a lot of read option and a, a lot of different types of runs with Elijah Mitchell and Trey Sermon and Trey Lance, you want to have that that versatile lineman that's mauling people at left tackle that obviously can also protect Trey Lance's blind side in his NFL starting debut, right? So uh, that, that that's big. So is Elijah Mitchell and George Kittle. I mean, we, we talk about him and, and one of his most famous moments as a 49er. That was when he beat 
Buda Baker, Cardinals defensive back, much smaller, quicker Cardinals defensive back. But <laughs> maybe I should just say much smaller because George Kittle back in 2019 uh, looked quicker than Buda Baker on that slant pattern, caught it, and then later in the play sent Buda into oblivion with a stiff arm. I mean, that, that was a tremendous play, put the 49ers up 7 nothing. Actually, one of Jimmy Garoppolo's best games. That's when Emmanuel Sanders made his debut for the team. Or, no, his, his second game for the team after the Carolina debut back in 2019. It was a, a Thursday night game, and the, the 49ers and Cardinals really went at it. So there are matchups here that are intriguing because both of these teams have been stacking up on talent over the past few years. Kittle against Buda Baker is one of them. We don't get to see Raheem Mostert against Isaiah Simmons again. That was one that the 49ers won on the angle route out of the backfield. You know, they love running that against the, the Cardinals, Matt. Obviously, Jeff Wilson ran it. Uh, he's also not going to be available. I think it's going to come down to Shanahan ingenuity, trying to find a way to put his weapons like George Kittle or, you know, maybe Trey Sermon or Elijah Mitchell, either through the run game or the pass game, put them in an advantageous situation, such as the situations that we saw him put George Kittle in against Buda Baker and Raheem Mostert or Jeff Wilson in against one of the linebackers like Isaiah Simmons for this Cardinals team. And if Shanahan could do that, and if Lance can execute to really be able to capitalize on those matchup advantages, then the 49ers can keep pace with Arizona and make this a good game. Yeah, and I think you're both right to point out Trent Williams' uh, value in this game, maybe even more so than a normal game because of who's uh, opposite him. Chandler Jones usually lines up at, you know, what they call right outside linebacker. He's pass rushing on, on every play. And it would just be a confidence boost if he's there and it's not a rookie in Jalen Moore. Although, you know, to his credit, Jalen Moore, we didn't talk about him a lot during the offseason. And, and he was taking the bulk of the snaps uh, as the swing tackle and, and played a lot in the preseason in place of Trent Williams, uh, he's done pretty well to this point. Uh, but uh, I imagine in either case, you're going to have a lot of Lance on the move, Lance rolling out, uh, Lance rolling away from Chandler Jones, and the Cardinals might switch it up because of that. You know, put Jones on the other side sometimes, and and that's what the you know the Seahawks couldn't do anything. For the first quarter and a half against the 49ers and then suddenly uh, I think they remembered oh we can roll uh, Russell Wilson out in the pocket and once they started putting him in space uh, the Seahawks started to really make plays and that's the beauty of having uh, somebody who can uh, gouge you with his legs and his arm um, you get these guys in in space and, and really good things can happen so I think that's important I, I think Elijah Mitchell is important um, you know, I, I think if there's a common de- denominator to all this disjointed offense we've seen, really basically from the end of the Detroit game onward, it's that, you know, the, the running game has been off kilter. And um, they haven't really had a lot of confidence in, in the guys who have been back there. And, and Dennis is right. You started to see that build a bit with Trey Sermon. Uh, and, and that's going to be really, really important for this season, how quickly that, that can all sort of coalesce, because Raheem Mostert's not coming back. They're not going to be signing Alfred Morris. I mean, these are the guys that you're going to have to win with, and they're going to have to learn and make big plays and do it quickly, uh, or else uh, you know this, this NFC West race is going to run away from the 49ers. If we see a Trey Lance start, I think we'll, we'll really kind of see, I mean, we always talk about what a great, you know, offensive mind or genius a Kyle Shanahan is. I, I think this is really going to showcase 
his ability to put something together uh, for a rookie quarterback that's got, you know, he's, he's got all the tools. Uh, he just doesn't have the experience. And I, I, and I think when I think of Trey Lance, I, I look at him playing the game uh, against the Seahawks and it just looked like, you know, he had, you know, quick feet or he had like nervous feet in the pocket. And he, he was kind of, you know, thinking if I just run the ball, you know, I'll be safe. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't think he, he trusts his arm right now. Uh, I think he trusts his legs to get to get more yardage than he would throwing the ball down the field. So it's going to be really interesting to see a, a, a Kyle Shanahan um, playbook or game plan if you have a week to plan around a Trey Lance. And, and it's going to it's going to be important. So we're going to we're going to see what kind of offensive coordinator head coach we really have if you see a Trey Lance on the field starting on Sunday. Yeah, at the very least, it won't be a cold turkey entry. I, you know, I was talking to Matt about this at the facility today. It, it's really, really hard to definitively criticize Shanahan one way or the other for how he's handled this so far, just because we don't know how this is going to go, and we do know that Trey Lance is so raw. So, you know, how do you properly, you know, integrate him into game flow without seeing those crazy growing pains at the start of stuff? But I think one area where criticism would be fair, especially given that Jimmy Garoppolo has an injury history that predates this most recent one, is that Shanahan abandoned his plan to integrate Lance more heavily early in games, and I thought he was exposed for it against Seattle. Because there was no confidence in Trey Lance throwing the ball early in his outing in the third quarter. So think about this. It's a tie game against the Seattle Seahawks. Russell Wilson's on the other side. Russell Wilson, by the way, by the third quarter, has already at least partially figured out the 49ers defense. So you can't just count on, you know, three yards in a cloud of dust being able to outscore the Seahawks in the second half. And that first drive... Uh, Lance, they don't call passing play for him, and it's very clear that they want to keep the offense in a shell. And through doing that, the 49ers burn an entire possession. Now, the next possession, you see why they didn't call passing play, and it's because Trey Lance throws a bounce pass to George Kittle, and you, you could tell that it was just a situation where they, they're deer in the headlights, they're not ready for Trey Lance to throw the ball. And, and to me, that's inexcusable because we, we go through all of training camp. We go through the whole offseason of the 49ers talking about insulating the quarterback room, making it deeper. We go through all of training camp. We go through all preseason with the 49ers literally running this, this two-quarterback setup, working on game clock issues to be and play clock issues to be able to mix Trey Lance in there for the express purpose of him not being thrown in cold turkey if in an injury – to Jimmy Garoppolo arises. I mean, that's the emergency setup, right? And on top of that, they wanted Trey Lance to give him more upside offensively. But forget the upside. You need to be ready to play if there's an emergency. And Trey Lance wasn't ready to play. And that's on the coaching staff for at least the first couple possessions in the second half. So, you know, even if the 49ers go back to, to the old setup, which we which we expect them to when Jimmy Garoppolo's healthy, uh, I think it's imperative, Matt. And, and even if Jimmy Garoppolo plays in this game, you know, we can't rule that out. It's imperative that Trey Lance gets his package time, that he, that, that he plays because that's what he's here for. He's here to play, and he needs to be more ready than he was against Seattle to throw when he enters the game. Yeah, all of it was, was awkward because uh, the, the Wednesday prior to the Seahawks game, um, Kyle Shanahan uh, was just eager to, to swat down any talk of not just, uh, you know, uh, Trey Lance competing with Jimmy Garoppolo for the starting spot, but Trey Lance getting just a few more snaps. Wouldn't hear of it. 
Uh, and, you know, his quote was that, uh, you know, the, the 49ers had the luxury of not uh, putting their, their rookie quarterback in right now. And, uh, you know, he was, he was happy that um, he didn't have to play, you know, throw, I think his, his quote was throw Trey Lance into those situations for which he's not prepared. Then all of a sudden, four days later, that's exactly what happens. Uh, and, and you're right. It, it was clear that there was, and uh, 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 I guess, uh, an unreadiness from everybody. Um, and uh, that that pass to Kittle was designed to be sort of a kind of get your rhythm type of pass, easy pass to kind of get the rookie going. <laughs> he missed it by a long shot. And, and credit to him for getting it together, um, because as that half went on. You, you saw him sort of reacting, and uh, you and I talked about this today, David, um, sensing the pass rush, and, and that's innate. And I think that was maybe the best sign of them all, because when you can sense the pass rush, um, and you have uh, great legs, you can run the ball, and you've got a great arm, you can do a lot of damage in this league. And we saw that happen uh, with, with the Seahawks, where Russell Wilson wriggled out of that sack attempt by Dante Johnson, and then turned it into a touchdown. Trey Lance, I mean, it's, it's not the same guy. But the point is that he's capable of making big off-schedule plays. And, uh, you know, that's why the 49ers drafted the guy. I mean, there's a lot there to work with. And I know that Shanahan wanted to kind of uh, start from a very foundational level and bring it along slowly. Well, you know, the, the best laid plans of mice and men go awry, and, and now uh, we're going to have to kind of see whether those instincts, uh, likely, we, we'll have to see whether those uh, instincts will win them a big game in Arizona. We've been waiting for it. Uh, I'm a little nervous about it, but, you know, we've been wait, waiting to f- waiting for this because we've, we've said it over and over again that eventually this is going to be the starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. And, you know, last week he was put into a position where – you know, you, you had to play a, a, against a good defense and you're thrown off the bench. You come in after halftime and your starting quarterback doesn't go back in the football game. But now you got a whole week. And that's what the NFL is about. I mean, no one's ever drafted, in my book, to stand on the sidelines. When, when you're drafted, you know, you're expected to play. You're, expect, you're expected to start for that, that organization. So, you know, they, they pull you in third overall. Um, you know, you, you're, you, you have to play, you have to play. And if you're a quarterback, you really have to pay or you have to play because they're paying you to do it a whole lot of money. So, um, you know, here it is now, now we, I mean, I, I actually want to see it, but I'm a little nervous because, you know, this is, this is a tough time to come in. This is, this is not the Indianapolis coach. This is, this is a number one team in a national football league. And I, the, the kid's going to be thrown out there, uh, in a dome, uh, away game, you know, crowd noise and all the stuff that goes with that. But this is this is what the NFL is about. And we're, we're going to find out a lot about him as a player, his character, uh, his ability. But we're also going to find out uh, find out a lot about Kyle Shanahan and what kind of coach he is. You know, you want to develop a quarterback and, you know, we'll see if, you know, if, if you're doing your due diligence and as a play caller, a head coach, coordinator, you have you have you have raw talent that you can just kind of mold in you know to what you need and you know we know he's got you know all the physical talents 
you know, what do you do with it now? So, like I said, I, I'm looking forward to it, but I'm a little nervous. One thing that Dennis mentioned earlier that I didn't circle back on, but a great point is the, the turnover battle. In every single Kyle Shanahan season, except for 2019, the 49ers have lost badly in, in turnover margin. Uh, it's uh, to lose as badly as they have in every single season. You you have to lack takeaways and you have to give the ball away too much. And uh, this season, that same pattern is happening. And the takeaways, you know, perhaps surprisingly, because of you know how talented the pass rush is, the takeaways that that's the weakest part for the 49ers. They only have one. They're tied with the Jaguars for the least in the league and I'll be honest you don't want to be tied with Jacksonville for anything right now on on the field or off the field you want to be as different as possible than the Jacksonville Jaguars and with only one takeaway the 49ers have a little bit too much in common with that team right now uh today at practice the 49ers made a concerted effort to run every single position group of defenders through a drill where everybody defensive linemen linebackers and defensive backs got their turn to work with Chris Kacarek and, and knocking the ball out. I mean, it was it was very pointed. That they, they, They're trying to knock the ball out. They want to knock it free from Kyler Murray, from, from these receivers. You know, they know they're going to give up catches. The air raid's always going to complete passes. But the 49ers do also know that a couple takeaways could really change the course of this game. And then obviously on the other side, Trey Lance has to play this game cleanly if, if he's the one in there and so does Jimmy Garoppolo who threw a pick last week so you, you have to hold on to the ball and you have to get it from another team Kyle Shanahan pointed that out today Matt uh, but behind wins and losses which obviously are, are very uh, related to success because they are success it's turnover margin that's most highly correlated with success and the 49ers haven't been good enough there yeah and it's funny you should mention uh, what Kasurik was doing because at a different part of the field um, the, the station that uh, secondary coach Kerry Unlin was working, he was kind of rolling the ball to the sideline and making one defender uh, grab it or knock it backwards towards the field before it went out of bounds and the other guy scoop it up. And so put it all together, that's the poke play. That's the, the famous Justin Smith play at the end of the game against Philadelphia uh, where he poked the ball out. Um, Jeremy Macklin, I think, was the receiver and I believe it was Joukowsky Tart who made a really great effort to keep the ball in bounds, uh, and the 49ers took over and, and won that game on the road um, early in the season. Might have even been uh, week five, week four or five, or forget what it was. You're talking um, about 2011. Yeah, we're talking about 2011. It couldn't and, have been Tart then. Uh, yeah, I guess you're right. No, no, you know who it was Deshaun Goldson. It was a, Goldson, a yeah, yeah, a different safety. safety. But my my <laughs> point is that. Uh, you're absolutely right in that one play, one takeaway can really change the tenor of a season because at that point in 2011, the 49ers, you know, they'd won a game, they'd lost a game, um, they were awful on offense, they were kind of finding their way, and that, that kind of changed everything for them. That proved to them that they could knock, out, knock off a good team on the road. Um, and, uh, you know, they, they went on a big streak after that game. So, um, absolutely. I mean, just one one big play. And I think we're all kind of describing the same thing. They need something from somebody uh, to uh, you know be a marker for this season because they don't have it yet. They don't have that um, that one iconic play uh, where everybody is sort of now kind of believing and going in the right direction. It's been disjointed to this point. There are a lot of reasons for that: injuries and and whatnot. And we might have more. 
heading into this week. But um, I think that's uh, they just need somebody to step up and make that play. Yeah, and it's good to hear that you know you're working on trying to get the ball out. I mean that is definitely something if you practice it. And I I can remember we always practice trying to strip the ball. Uh, and that was just one of the drills you did every single day. And what happens is it becomes muscle memory. So if you're, you know, you're in a pile and you got a running back or a receiver held up, someone goes in and starts trip, stripping the ball because you practice it. It becomes part of the tackling process. So, you know, that's how you get, I, I, I'm sure the 49ers have to be way at the bottom. I think you already said it with Jacksonville that, you know, you just don't have turnovers, and that changes the football game. If you can get something on special teams, or you can get something on defense, an interception, a, you know, a, a a pick six, something that can change the momentum, that is huge on the road. And when you go on the road, you always have to bring your your defense has to travel well, and also your special teams has to travel well. And those are two areas where you can make big plays. And one thing the 49ers have to keep be aware of is that. You know, this this team, the Cardinals, they're going to score points. And if they get in the red zone, they're going to score points. And that's just the way it is. And if you can't if you if you can't keep, keep them out the red zone, you know, you're going to have an issue and you have a, a a rookie quarterback. And you don't want this rookie quarterback going on the road and trying to bring a team back from a big deficit, 21, 14 point deficit. So you have to play sound defense. Um, Kyler Murray can be sacked. Uh, you know, but you got to corral him. You have to have disciplined pass rush lanes. He 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 can be sacked, um, but you got to play great defense against this against this offense because they can put points on the board real fast. Prediction time! Oh boy! And I've been wrong for three straight weeks, so <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's not a good thing. That no, is it's not, not a good thing. <laughs> my my record is worse than the 49ers. I'm one and three. Uh, yeah, I picked them to lose and they won. I picked them to win twice and they lost and. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I really don't. I mean, Arizona is playing a really good football right now. They're on a roll. I, I I'm going to stick to my, to my guns here. I always preach balance. You know, I, I love when teams are balanced and Arizona's balanced right now. Number six offense, number six defense. They're at home. They have a chance to make this a special season and the 49ers are wobbling. I don't even know who's going to start a quarterback, uh, for the 49ers right now with, with any certainty. So, uh, I got to go with the Cardinals. Um, do I think the 49ers fight and, and keep this reasonably close? Yes. But I also think that Arizona wins this one 28-24. to 24. Matt? Yeah, I mean, just to be different, I'm going to pick the, the 49ers. And I, I used this rationale last week that, um, you know, I, I think that there's some really terrific players, uh, some really terrific leaders on this team. And uh, they need a win and that they they have to kind of uh, scrape it out and uh, and I, th- I think that they will now I thought that they would <laughs> against the Seahawks too uh, and they didn't um, so um, yeah that's that's uh, going against me I, I do like the fact that um, I, I don't think that this Cardinals team is elite at this point I mean I, I st- think that they still have holes um, and um, sometimes winning four straight is is bad, is a bad thing in that fifth game because you start to relax a little bit. Uh, and the 49ers need this one more than the Cardinals do, and that's why I think they'll win it. Um, I think it'll be 23-20. to 20. I mean, I, I just haven't seen enough consistent play from the 49ers, and I do think that this Arizona team has arrived, 
And I, I think it all starts with their quarterback uh, and the things they've done on the offseason with getting some more weapons for Kyler Murray. So um, on the road, you, you have a rookie, a raw rookie quarterback who believes, who doesn't have enough confidence right now in his arm and uh, in, in the offense that's just not very consistent. Uh, I, I, think, I don't think the 49ers will get blown out. I think uh, the Cardinals will get up really early in this football game. I think uh, Trey Lance will play well. He'll, he'll score a couple times, a couple big plays, but I just don't think it's going to be enough on the road with this Cardinals football team. So I'm going to say 31-21 Cardinals. All right, we'll see if the 49ers can scratch and claw their way to, to making the predictions for me and Dennis wrong. Um, if they do, then, then Matt's going to take a, take a big lead. We should, you know, Matt, we should include Dennis on the on the spreadsheet, uh, you know, a table on the weekly prediction articles. Yeah, we could go back retroactively and apply that. Yeah, I think yeah. actually Dennis is is leading. No, Dennis picked. Um, no, 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 no. I, I think probably two and two, just like the Dennis team. picked the Eagles. I think in week two. I did. Did you pick I the did, Eagles? Yeah. And and who'd you pick? Uh, you picked them to beat the Packers. The Niners to beat the Packers. No, I did not. No, so you picked the Packers, <laughs> and then you picked the 49ers or Seattle. I think I picked 49ers over the okay. Seahawks. So, so you'd be, but you picked the Packers. Yes. Yeah. So he's two and two. So Dennis is two and two, and in our article, Dennis, the preview article, we keep we have a little scoreboard at the bottom, and well, it's me and Matt. So it's like a head to head, but we'll just add you there too. Well, thank you. I feel I feel welcome. I feel part of the team. <laughs> Good stuff. <laughs> Now awesome. I can always change my pick before Sunday too. So for the for the print edition that is. Well, I did that once and it's actually hurt my record. I, I had one <laughs> where where I was correct during the podcast and I thought about it too much and yeah, it, right. it ended up screwing it. me over. Yeah. So stick to your gun. Stick yeah, to your gun. Should have yep. stuck to my gun. Instincts. Oh, well. All right. Well, for Matt Barrows and Dennis Brown, this is David Lombardi. We'll talk to you after the game on Here's the Catch. <laughs> <laughs> 